When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Final word daily, day two, England, New Zealand here at Edgbaston at Birmingham. And you can probably see over my shoulder, they're still going in the holly stand 45 minutes after the close of play. Uh, Jeff, tell us what happened on the field in the space of 30 seconds, please. Mark Wood started the day with a bang, hit six boundaries in about half an hour, made 41. Dan Lawrence, 81, not out, got England to 303. Tom Latham out early to Stuart Broad, but then a big partnership between Conway and Will Young. They put on 122. Conway made 80, and then another 92 added with Ross Taylor before the end of the day. Will Young was out in the last over of the day to Dan Lawrence, part-timer. Uh, they're 229 for three, New Zealand, uh, but 74 behind. We started the day thinking, look, if Lawrence can go from 67 to 100, massive day in his career. Didn't do that. 81 not out when they lost their final wicket when England were 303. Picked a pretty, pretty good time uh, to collect his first wicket in Test cricket. Uh, a classical off-spinner's wicket. Really, it was the overspin that did young. Perhaps could have smothered the spin more, but nonetheless, they made a field change the ball before to bring in a short leg, and it reaped mm-hmm. dividends with Ollie Pope dragging it in. Fantastic way to finish the day for England on a day that until then was pretty pretty much New Zealand's. It was very hard work for England today. New Zealand made them work uh, supremely hard. It, and, it, you know, there was that bit of tail end flurry with Wood early. But as far as the bowling went, uh, the wicket of Latham goes down early the way that Stuart Broad has been able to do against left-handers so routinely over the last few years. Um, got the, the sort of scrambled scene ball to deck in and hit him on the pad so comprehensively that Latham didn't even bother reviewing it, just walked off. And you were thinking, all right, this, you know, you could be on for one of these Stuart Broad specials. But the resistance from Conway and Will Young, particularly uh, Will Young in his second test match, Conway as yeah. well, uh, they're both, you know, in their, the later end of their 20s. So it's not like they're completely green. They've had plenty of grounding in domestic cricket, but it's still not the same as uh, rocking up at Edgebaston when the crowd's going absolutely bananas and all of the rest <laughs> of it um, with all that atmosphere. So the fact that they were able to play so calmly in the face of some really good bowling from Broad and Anderson particularly doing what they do. It was just Conway and Young taking as many deep breaths as it took, taking all the time that they needed uh, and just keeping out the dangerous stuff for long enough to survive and then start to prosper. Yeah, Broad was frugal, created chances, had a fiery exchange with umpire Kettleborough, whether he ends up in front of his dad as match referee, although it must be said in fairness that Chris Broad in that scenario won't be in the chair. They'll find a replacement match referee to hear that, but probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. But he did find the edge of Conway, went the third slip. That was a big point of controversy uh, just before the lunch break, Jeff, that, mm-hmm. you know, whether Crawley got his fingers underneath the ball or not, you know, we don't know for sure. It's impossible to tell, but um, the soft signal was the point of controversy there, wasn't it, that... 
Kettleborough and Illingworth, Big Dick and Little Dick said it's not it, it, it's it's not out. That's their call. And in turn, mm-hmm. the third umpire, Goff, had to find conclusive evidence that it did carry. And, and, and that, that's never going to happen, is it? Because you can't well, find conclusive evidence when it's that close. It's, 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 you, it's almost impossible to do. You can't find conclusive evidence either way. And, yeah. and that's why I, I think that getting upset about these decisions is fruitless, really, because when you've got those kind of decisions being made, you will never know for sure. There is no way to be completely certain one way or the other. So you can't really feel hard done by. It's it's just a bit of a, a lottery decision. And I suppose that's that's what does irritate people is that it, it's not necessarily consistent. Uh, it, but People complain when the umpire gives a soft signal of out, saying how could they possibly tell from 40 yards away whether that had touched the grass or not. And then people also get upset when the umpire gives a soft signal of not out. Uh, Either way. And if you leave it up to the third umpire, if you say no soft signal on the field, third umpire has to decide, the third umpire can't give that out because they can't be sure. So it doesn't actually solve the problem. And I think that there was a lot of banging on, on, on commentary about this, obviously. Um, Simon Dool was talking about how the, the laws say that the ball has to be grounded, which it wasn't. The laws don't say that. The laws say the catch must be completed before the ball touches the ground, which could mean the most glancing sort of touch. And when, when a player has their hands on the ground to catch the ball, they're catching the ball with the assistance of the ground. So I don't think they can feel too hard done by that. Uh, there's a ruling that some ground might have been involved and you can't give that as a clean catch. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult terrain. I think they need to look at the soft signal full stop. There's no perfect answer, though, is there, Jeff? In, like in a lot of things in sport, there's just a series of imperfect solutions. And But this one feels like it, it's on the way out. I, I don't imagine the soft signal will last uh, for much longer. Uh, Jeff, let's uh, talk briefly in a bit more depth about the first 20 minutes of the day. Six boundaries for Mark Wood, mm-hmm. uh, who hit them everywhere. Uh, it wasn't Lawrence who resumed and took them on. We thought that might be the case, given the extra gears that Lawrence had to go through if he chose to, given what he can do at Whiteboard level, indeed what he can do at Red Bull level what he does for Essex, but Wood came out and batted exactly the way he did at Port Elizabeth about 18 months ago, looked a million bucks, moved to 41 and it was a a, a turbocharged start to the day And and it wasn't slogging, this was Mark Wood playing some really nice shots he he played the uppercut over the slip cordon Uh, yeah, one pull shot off the top edge but another one he middled he he leaned into a cover drive um, and then he played the slash over point he was all around the park and and he was happy to take on whoever was bowling at him, it didn't matter the the calibre of the bowler, he wasn't fussed about facing Trent Bolt, Uh, he wasn't swinging hard, he just stood where he was and, and played cleanly through the line of the ball and I think Lawrence was sensible in just letting him go and saying, well, well, this is working. And then when uh, Broad didn't last long, but when Anderson was with Lawrence, then Lawrence started hitting the boundaries as well. That that shuffle away outside leg stump that he likes <laughs> to create some room, and he was he was hitting those really cleanly too. So, you know, had James Anderson been able to hang around a bit longer, uh, then maybe Lawrence would have got to that ton. But uh, in the end, we we'll never find out. We'll never know. Yeah, one of one of three players to have their innings uh, cut short in the eighties today. Lawrence not out, but mm. uh, Conway on eighty tried to play the identical stroke that brought him to three figures at Lords last week. The Flamingo. Uh, tried to hit a six, but he picked the wrong side of the ground, Jeff. He uh, he, he picked the, the wrong boundary to attack, and Zach Crawley only had to come in a couple of metres off the rope and pouched it safely. And you could see Conway's response. I'm not sure if it came up on television, but from our commentary position, down on his haunches, he's like, what have I done? Why have I mm. done that? It was probably the, the least 
threatening delivery that Broad bowled in the entire spell. Uh, the, the mechanics of getting the ball changed, again, something we often talk about. If a yep. ball isn't swinging, if the fielding team are successful in litigating uh, the case that the ball's out of shape. So Wood bowled the previous over and banged it in six times. Field is spread. After that, they had a look at the ball, said, oh, it's now out of shape. Broad got a, a new ball out of the box and that started hooping. So either side of T, he was a total handful, but it was through that spell, the only ball that seemingly didn't beat the blade was the one that Conway popped right down the throat of deep square leg. It's a shame too, because he would have ticked a few more statistical boxes after last week. He looked absolutely certain to go on to yeah, be one of the players who's made 100 in their first two test matches, and it wasn't to be. Yeah, he did for a while today um, once again have the highest average in test history um, when he went past Curtis Patterson's 144, but he's dropped back under that again now. Uh, the, the Stuart Broad ball change thing is interesting. Uh, I remember Australia getting the ball changed at Edgebaston in 2019 and, and starting to swing it as soon as they got a, a replacement missile and the home side were not happy about that at the time, but they've managed to make it work for them this time around. They just didn't get the wickets uh, that they wanted with it. As you say, it was the ball on the thigh pad that picked up the wicket. I think that Conway genuinely hadn't realised there was a fielder out there. I, I think he just it hadn't noticed um, or hadn't imagined that that would happen. Uh, and so when it was caught, he was he was taken by surprise. It was as, as though Crawley had been hiding behind a pillar down there or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. That's for the other guy that made 80, uh, Will Young. Jeremy Coney on our broadcast made a really good point. What a wonderful audition to eventually replace Ross Taylor. He's not playing next week in the World Test Championship final. Kay Williamson is absolutely coming back. So Young will make way, barring another injury. But, I mean, Ross Taylor, 46 not out at the close of play. He's not going to be around forever at number four. And Young playing his third Test match, a couple of centuries for Durham earlier in the season. So the, the perfect preparation to essentially come in for one Test match. But, yes, out at the close of play. But... He drove so well, Jeff, especially through extra cover. He defended wonderfully against Broad and Anderson. Great judgment on the leave. Uh, I think that he looks like the sort of player where they should be investing in him. And in a way, it's turned out to be quite a good thing that Williamson's missed, if you look at it with a long-term perspective of getting a, a big test match in, a player who they can develop into the future. Because, I mean, that was completely against the flow of play when he was out with a couple of balls to go. Yeah, and, and as far as a, a sort of innings that might shape a career goes, that's right up there. It was so impressive the way he, you know, he had Conway with him sort of playing the major role through the early part of that partnership. It let Young just hang around for a while and, and go along pretty slowly. I think he had seven off his first 40 or 50 deliveries, um, but he started to play his shots a little bit more after that. He also played the pull shot really well too, so when they went to the short yeah. ball, he didn't look fussed by that at all. Um, he looked so calm and composed, and so that when Ross Taylor did come in, uh, Taylor's such a scratchy starter and has been really throughout his career, but it, it seems to have got worse as he's uh, heading towards the later part of it, and it, it was really the presence of Will Young that was calming everything down. Ross Taylor was able to be scratchy and, and patchy and, and look vulnerable because Young was so composed. And, and I was also really impressed with the way Taylor battled through. They were England's bowlers were fiercely going after that front pad of his. They were trying to get him falling over, trying to nail him on the pad in front. Um, and, and they just couldn't get it because he, he knew what was happening and he didn't look pretty, but he was keeping the ball out of his pad come hell or high water. So 229 for three at the close of play. Jeff, give me your player of the day, please. Mm, player of the day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there are, there are quite a few candidates because Broad bowled so well. Um, Conway continued so impressively and Young was so good. Maybe at 
maybe it needs to go to Will Young as well because I suppose when the other guys made 200 in the previous test, then you can expect a little more from him second time around. Oh, no, Jeff. Oh, no. You can't see this, but I'm just getting nailed by the sprinkler behind me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you're watching YouTube, you'll probably enjoy it. I don't know whether this will get more forceful, but my bum is very wet. I don't think it hit the camera, though, so let's just crack on. Um, I'm going to say quickly, quickly, uh, that my player of the day, Stuart Broad, I thought he bowled beautifully. Uh, A man that was quite angry, um, Mm -hmm. created opportunities, and I love the way that he swung the ball both ways. So let's take a break for Woodstock, and we'll come back with our Hall of Fame. Woodstock Cricket, home of the finest handmade cricket bats and soft goods. Visit either our showroom or workshop and experience the magic for yourselves. For bookings, contact info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Final word daily, uh, the Woodstock Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to have to do it quick because that sprinkler is coming back my way right now. I might <laughs> pop myself in there. I might just quickly pop myself in there, Jeff, for the anti-Hall of Fame. Um, you'll enjoy this. On commentary today, I said, uh-huh. and, after, and after a few, and after a further few words from Jeff Lemon, it'll be Daniel Norcross. <laughs> Through to you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's nice to know much I'm on the, your mind. <laughs> much to the enjoyment of Phil Walker. Uh, so, yeah, that, that wasn't a high point of the commentary today, but probably says a bit about uh, how many times I'm throwing to you. Um, have you got any more legitimate Hall of Fame? contenders well I was going to say Mark Wood's first half hour um, was, was a Hall of Fame <laughs> contender in itself just just how happy he looked uh, to be out there um, he looked pretty happy with the ball at times as well was getting it zinging through mm, but it, I guess there's there's the, the beer snake that reached the second tier of the balcony <laughs> that a lot of people were impressed with but not to be too self-referential but maybe the Hall of Fame has to be you getting hit by a sprinkler while trying to record the show <laughs> That'll do for me. I reckon I've got about 30 seconds before it comes around again. Enough time for me to wrap up and say another absorbing day of Test cricket here at Edgbaston. Fantastic to have the fans again today. The noise is marvellous from where we're watching the game. It's a total joy. It's well placed after two days. Sure, England need wickets early tomorrow, uh, but that last breakthrough right at the very close means they'll come back tomorrow with a bit of vigour. This has been the Final Word Daily. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, thank you to Woodstock Cricket. Thank you for watching. We'll talk again tomorrow. Cheers. Oh, shit. (laughs)